Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's typical to say that there are two sides to every story. In political life, though, there are often several sides to consider, but you get the idea. But this weekend, we're going to look at both sides of the political fence to see how political leaders try to keep their balance as they navigate some big issues. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Politicians can sometimes find themselves in some unexpected places, even if they meant to head in that direction. Take Democratic Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. His background is as a school teacher and teachers union activist and community organizer. He was also a Cook County commissioner, but he is unapologetically a progressive running as an outsider and winning election to run one of the nation's largest cities. Well, Mayor Johnson was invited to deliver the Mansfield Lecture at Roosevelt University this past week, discussing his first months in office, and he participated in a panel discussion afterwards. One of the participants asked him about being someone who would protest the actions of those in government and now finds himself the target of such protests and criticisms. Yes, that's a good question. And, you know, sometimes when I see the interactions... I hate that I'm going to admit this. Sometimes when I see the interaction and the tension at city council and I'm on the dais, you know what I'm really thinking? When I was organizing, we did it like this. Y'all not even doing it right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, to be in a building where, I mean, there's documentation. I think there's a picture with you and I together. I think we're literally blocking the elevators preventing people from getting to the fifth floor. We're taking arrests in the very building in which now I'm managing. And I just want to lift that up because I don't want anyone to think that somehow I'm mayor of Chicago because we knocked some doors and we gave some speeches and we raised some money. I'm mayor of Chicago because there was real struggle and tension even within the movement to get to a point where we were able to push back against the power structure. And so when I think about myself as a target, and I say this with all due respect, to some I might be. As far as I'm concerned, there's still really a couple of major targets here. The question for me is, how am I positioned alongside of a target or targets that now have to come to me 
um, as the, represent, the, represent, the representative of the city of Chicago. There are still a number of people who are going to work hard to keep, or institutions are going to work hard to keep us from passing bringing Chicago home. There are still going to be individuals who are going to push back against our message and movement to invest in people and challenging those with means to actually pay their fair share. And so what I do appreciate, though, is that, I'll say it like this, that even when I am the center of people's attention, as my wife reminded me over Thanksgiving dinner, she says, you know people have political discussions over Thanksgiving dinner. I'm like, yeah. She's like, they're going to be talking about you, dude. <laughs> She's like, on Thanksgiving, you're going to ruin people's dinner. <laughs> um, that I need the movement to continue to not just relate to me as a part of the movement, but to challenge me, to push me, because it's the strength and it's the fuel that I'm going to need to be able to carry out our agenda. I'll close with this. I've been married for 25 plus years. My wife and I have had some disagreements along the way. My main goal, even during a disagreement, is to make sure that my wife is still talking to me, though. I don't know if you all have been in a relationship, but if your partner stops talking, you in trouble. So my thing is, as long as the movement is still yelling, we still okay. <laughs> That's a healthy marriage. One of the biggest challenges facing Mayor Johnson has been the so-called migrant crisis. People seeking asylum in the U.S. have been flowing over the southern border, and the governor of Texas has been leading efforts to send the migrants mostly to sanctuary cities like Chicago. The mayor was on the west side this last week, joining faith leaders whose churches will be taking in migrants, and a reporter asked what he wants to see from the Biden administration in Washington. Well, it has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this, that particular party has been about. Right? This is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. And so, so I got you. I got you. I just want to make sure that people understand what we're facing. That's why it's so important that the faith community is leaning in in this moment. And so what, what I've said, there has to be better coordination. Look, Pastor Will Hall, who's also an alderman of the Sixth Ward, visited the border. He saw the chaos firsthand. And so part of our effort to go to the border was to make sure that there was better coordination with, with the flow of migrants who are seeking asylum here. And this is not unprecedented. When the Ukrainian refugees found their way to the shores of America, there were 30,000 of them right here in the city of Chicago, and you don't hear a word about it because it was coordinated. There was federal dollars that were attached to those families. And so to your question, yes, it has to be better coordinated. As far as limitations, we have to have parameters that respect the dignity of families who want to call Chicago their home. It is, it is, it is abysmal 
and it's an affront for everything that is good about this country, for the extremism in this country to use people as political tools to settle political scores for something that happened 400 years ago. They're still mad that a black man is free in this country. This is nothing new, but aren't you glad that the soul of Chicago won't be broken? And those are the words of, uh, I think, Beyonce, you won't break our soul. Governor Pritzker and Mayor Johnson have not agreed on every aspect of handling the migrant crisis, but the governor was complimentary of Johnson on Monday, and on Tuesday, Johnson was returning the favor. Well, you're, the, the full force of government is on display. I've said this from the very beginning, that um, that is my mission to bring people together. And that's the state government, that's the county government, and that includes our faith community. Um, but here's, here's the good news. The faith community has been doing this work, right, from the, from the very beginning. And so that we're investing in an infrastructure that, quite frankly, just needed a little bit more formation. I just want to make sure that people understand that this is an international crisis. Speaking of New York, do you know that 70% of the migrants and the asylum seekers in New York come from the continent of Africa? This is a global population shift that's being promulgated by failed policy. Now, as Pastor Zayas has indicated, 100 years from now, people are going to read about what we did in this moment. And what they're going to read about the city of Chicago, that the soul and the essence of who we are, we did not allow that extremism to break us. The full force of government is on display. Federal government, state government, county government, city government, the faith community, philanthropic community, mutual aid, volunteers, and we did it in six months. Thank you. This is three questions now. <laughs> Go ahead. We're going to be nice to you today because the preacher's here. <laughs> As I've said, they've been doing it. it look, it, it's taken, they didn't just start with this press conference. I hear what you're saying, but I just want you to, I just want to make sure that you write this. They didn't just start today. They've been doing it. And so what you're seeing is you're seeing a sophisticated coordination that has taken some time to make sure that we level set. Because here's the thing, the resources that, that the state is showing up with, because that's the collaboration that I've called for and they're doing it, the resources that the, that the county has invested in, we've called for that type of collaboration. I'm grateful for both of our executives at the county level and at the state level for being a part of this ongoing mission that our faith community needed to make sure that there was a complete alignment with what our ultimate mission and goal has been. Now, they didn't start this yesterday. They're not starting it tomorrow. But now what you're seeing is a full display of what collaboration looks like. That's what I promised I would do as mayor, and that's what I'm doing. The most sensitive balancing act for Mayor Johnson has been planning for so-called winterized base camps for the new arrivals. There'll be large heated tents located on several sites. Critics on one side expressed doubts that the tents would be a humane way to keep migrants out of the cold. On the other side, some residents in the wards don't want to see migrants housed in their neighborhoods. The mayor says he's doing the best the city can. Yeah, so it's always been the goal of my administration to, to remove people out of police stations and districts. Um, if you recall, about three weeks ago, I believe there were th about 3,900 uh, people in police stations. We're down to about a, a little bit over 1,000. There were almost 600 at O'Hare Airport. I believe we're down to 100. We've been working with expediency throughout this entire mission. I've stood up a shelter about every single week, 
And here's something that I think is important to note. At least I think it's important to note. Do you know when I was sworn in in, in May that the previous city council did not budget for 2023's migrant mission? So not only have we stood up in operation, the full force of government in a collaborative way, we did it without the previous city council even providing resources for it. Now, it's an international crisis that I inherited. And so the work, of course, is ongoing. Um, winter's coming fast, and that is why, whether it's base camps, brick and mortar, demanding that the federal government do more, the faith community is doing its part and then some, our ultimate goal is to get people off of floors, those who are sleeping outside, to get them indoors, and we're doing all that while making sure we're investing in people who have already been here. That's why there's a quarter of a billion dollars that I've committed to the unhoused. We have, for the first time in the history of Chicago, a dedicated person to deal with the unhoused, a chief homeless um, officer. Of course, we continue to invest in violence prevention. We're opening up mental health clinics. We pass treatment, not trauma. We have brought Chicago home. We got paid time off. We've eliminated sub-minimum wage. We set up a commission for restoration and reparations. We've set up an entire department around reentry, and we've done all that in six months. And I'm not tired. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. To WBBM News Radio's at issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're looking at how political leaders manage their positions on the biggest issues of the day. First, we heard from Mayor Johnson, who spoke at Roosevelt University and Grayson Peace Church on the West Side. Next, we shift to the Republican side of the ledger. This week, Illinois House Republican leader Tony McCombie held a rare Chicago news conference to talk about the migrant crisis. She's from the northwest part of the state, and she brought along a guest, a former Texas congresswoman who was running to get back on Capitol Hill. Earlier this year, uh, I traveled with to McAllen, Texas, I'm not sure if you all remember, to witness the border crisis firsthand. I went with Leader Cabello, actually uh, Sheriff Downey, uh, who is here with us today as well. Uh, a sheriff uh, from Sangamon County as well as sheriff from Ogle County. Uh, we went to uh, uh, see what was actually going on because it was starting to affect uh, Illinois, and so we wanted to uh, uh, see firsthand what was what what was what was going on. Immigration is no longer just a federal issue, uh, but it's affecting all of us nationally, state, and even local. In Texas, I met folks who protect, process and assist migrants, including law enforcement, border patrol, humanitarian aid workers. 
My experience in Texas made me realize just how massive and complicated the issue is. Texas, Florida, Arizona, and other states should not be left to deal with this issue alone. However, the current issue is not working for Illinois, and poor policymaking and a lack of transparency from Democrats has made it much worse. Over the last six months, we have seen the effects the crisis has um, caused in Illinois, from health care coverage for undocumented exceeding the appropriated amount within one single month to 160 million of state funds shifted. This was done without legislative oversight and in just the last six weeks. Adding to this issue at the state level is the city of Chicago's disastrous response to this crisis, which has further accelerated the problem. As a result, Governor Pritzker decided to come in with his own plan without any discussion with Republicans. Now in a few short months, the General Assembly will consider a supplemental budget bill. This budget bill is proposed to uh, cover the cost for asylum seekers as well as undocumented immigrants. House Republicans represent parts of all 102 counties. We want and need to be part of the discussion, discussion to ensure a transparent process for working families. Illinoisans cannot afford more taxes to pay for unfunded programs that are spiraling out of control. We must be disciplined now so we can continue to fund our priorities. Education, job growth, public safety, and caring for our most vulnerable citizens. I'm delighted that Congresswoman Flores could join me to discuss her experiences living in and representing a border district. And now I would like to turn it over to her. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, good afternoon. Buenas uh, tardes a todos. Um, it's great to be here. I wanted to thank House Minority uh, McCombie for her hospitality and leadership fighting for Illinois families and working to hold the line against failed progressive policies of the left. What we have seen today as we toward the city is a failed disaster border policies of the Biden administration on full display. I was born in Burgos, Tamaulipas, Mexico. I understand why people want to come here to the United States. It truly is the greatest country in the world. But we want people to come here legally. We don't want people to come here illegally. Some of the stories, heartbreaking stories that I heard today of women being abused, being raped in this dangerous journey is heartbreaking. And it's also funding the Mexican cartel that has the people of Mexico terrorized. We can't even visit our loved ones because we are afraid. Because illegal immigration is funding the Mexican cartel that are now making billions and billions of dollars. That is why we need to focus on legal immigration. If we care about immigrants, if we care about the safety of the American people, we need to focus on legal immigration and we have to secure the border. Since Joe Biden took office, there has been over six million illegal crossings at our southern border. My husband is a border patrol agent. He's been a border patrol agent for 15 years. We've never seen anything like this before. Not even 
under the bite under the uh, Obama and Biden administration. They actually called Obama the deporter in chief during his time. We actually had a more secure border during the Obama administration than this administration. We actually had the most secure border under the Trump administration. And our border patrol agents were not being put in very dangerous positions. They're exhausted, they're tired. They're not able to do their job in enforcing the laws because they're focused on the women and children that they are processing. It's not right what we're doing to our border patrol agents. They deserve better. We deserve better. And that also includes nearly 2.5 million crossings this fiscal year, 2023 alone, and nearly 190,000 last month alone. The people of America from Bronville, Texas to Chicago, Illinois, and everywhere in between are paying the price for these open border policies. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue. This is an American issue. And we need to put politics aside and do what's right. In fact, new uh, information just came out that U.S. taxpayers are paying over $450 billion per year for housing and care of illegal immigrants. Let that sink in for a second. Americans right now are struggling to pay their rent, their mortgage, to bring food to the table, and we're spending $450 billion in housing illegal immigrants. It's not right. It's not right what we're doing to the American people. But just as painfully, this is a humanitarian crisis. It's putting a strain on infrastructure, housing, resources, and general quality of life. And for politicians like your mayor, Brandon Johnson, to pass the blame on things like right-wing extremism is pathetic. And we call people like him in South Texas hipocrita hypocrite. If he actually cares about the minority, he would demand the Biden administration to secure the border. He wants Texas to stop busing migrants. Then he needs to demand the Biden administration to secure the border, but he won't. He doesn't have, can't say, but he doesn't have to tell the Biden administration to secure the border. He's a coward. Because if he actually cared about minorities, he would demand the Biden administration to secure the border. We don't want to bus people here to Illinois. We don't want to do that. But what we want for Illinois to understand, and many other states to understand, is that this is not a South Texas problem. This is an American problem. We deal with thousands and thousands of migrants every single day. So this is something that we need to work together. We need to put politics aside and let's do what's right and secure the border. We need to restore common sense to this country and we must secure the border and end catch and release, stop the flow of illegal immigration and prevent migrants from overrunning our cities. Chicago could use that common sense just as much as our southern border could use it and it starts by electing the right leaders and putting the right policies in place y'all want change then stop voting for the same people
that are putting in these policies that are destroying your city. But earlier in this half hour, you heard Mayor Johnson complain that busloads of asylum seekers have been arriving in Chicago with no warning, no warm weather clothes, and no contact from the officials at the other end about how many are coming and when they'll arrive. Myra Flores was the first to answer. Well, we don't know. Every every single day, we don't know how many people are going to be crossing illegally into our, uh, our country. We're not also getting a warning as well. We would love to know, but we're not also getting a warning. We're having to deal with, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Also, these people come here by choice. They're not being forced to come here. They want to come here because you are a sanctuary city. So they prefer to come to these cities because they know that Y'all support these policies and they know that here they're protected and that's why they choose to come here. And if you want that to change, then maybe, you know, the city should no longer be a sanctuary city. They will continue to come because you support those policies. Yeah, actually we were talking, well she was talking, because uh, I, I don't speak Spanish, um, to migrants today. We visited mm -hmm. uh, three different locations today and she asked them, yeah, I how is Chicago? Yeah, how is Chicago? And they said, well, they said they were doing great, but of course they did say that um, they were waiting on the government um, to give them more help. Um, they also complained about the food. Um, they said that um, the food doesn't have enough salt, so they would <laughs> like more salt on their food. Um, but um, they, they did say that, you know, they're waiting on the government to help them. And I said, you know, those are scary words, you know. You're waiting on the government. You know, your government, you know, destroyed Venezuela. You know, don't wait on, on this government to do anything for you. You need to start figuring out a way how to, you know, protect yourself and how to provide for yourself. Uh, but they're being set for failure because they're being allowed to stay here, but they're not able to work. They're not able to provide for themselves. So, you know, I don't understand why they're allowing them to come here and stay here and then they're not able to to provide for for themselves and that's why we need to you know secure the border control this amount of people that are coming in, into this country like i said i'm an immigrant i came here to the united states and i believe that this is an amazing country and we welcome people to come here to accomplish the american dream but we got to do it legally and allow people to come here you know the right way but illegal immigration doesn't help anybody it's you know people take advantage of people that are illegally in the country. And I feel like there's people being benefited in why they want people to stay illegally, to continue taking advantage of these people and cheap labor. You know, we care about people, about migrants, we need to focus on the legal process so they don't have to go through, you know, like I said, the trauma and the abuse that they go through this dangerous uh, journey because they're coming because of the policies that we have in place. But Chicago was a choice given to them by the federal government. Mm -hmm. So there's cities they can choose. So they chose to come to Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, people from the city who went down to the borders, uh, they were hearing that they're being told, yeah, you want to go to Chicago because Chicago is ready for you, and not being told what winters in Chicago were like. So they were arriving not dressed for the, uh, for the weather they were about to get into. And also, I do, I do want to clear up something because both the governor and the mayor say they, because they are officially seeking asylum, they are not illegal, that they are parting part of the legal process and are awaiting hearings, which, as you know, can sometimes take years. If you're seeking asylum, you don't cross the border illegally. There's That's not process. the process. 
and it hurts those who actually do have a legitimate asylum. There's, there's people who actually do have a legitimate asylum claim, and those people are being affected. But that's the problem. They're allowing everyone to claim asylum when they know that the majority actually don't qualify for asylum. And that's why they're coming. They're coming because they're being told, hey, you cross illegally, claim asylum, you'll be allowed to stay. And then you won't see them ever again. You think that they're going to come back four or five years to that court date? Look up the amount of percentage of actual people that actually come back to that court date. They don't. The majority actually don't come back. As for the allegation by the mayor and others that this is political with Texans trying to put extra pressure on Democratic-run cities, well, Leader McCombie and Flores didn't exactly deny it, though they say it shouldn't be political. If they're a sanctuary state, I'm sure they are getting bused there. Mm-hmm. They are. We're we're busing people all over, and it's not going to stop. We're going to continue busing people here. And as well, just busing, so you just right? so you know, we are going to continue busing people here, um, and it's only going to get worse. Um, so I, I think that you know Chicago needs to start, you know, make having a, a plan in place because it's only going to get worse. We are going to continue um, busing people here uh, to Chicago. Y'all are a sanctuary city. Y'all deal with a small percentage of what we have to deal with in, in Texas. We have people. Thousands of people crossing illegally a day. Y'all are dealing with a very small amount of people that we compare to what we have to deal with. And like I said, y'all are also uh, responsible for this. This is not, it's not just Texas. Y'all also need to take responsibility. In the end, Flores acknowledged that the mayor and Illinois officials had called for more controls at the border, but the Republican former congresswoman couldn't resist a little dig. It shouldn't be political. It shouldn't. But why, why are they saying that it's political? Why? You know, I, I just don't understand why they don't want these people here. Why don't they want migrants here? Why don't they want these brown people here? Aren't they for immigration? That was former Texas Congresswoman Myra Flores, who joined Illinois House Republican leader Tony McCombie at a Chicago news conference about migrants. McCombie is from Savannah in northwestern Illinois. And that's at issue for this week. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 